episode one, we talked about Ivanka Trump and we spoke about uh, Wendy Dang Murdoch and their 17 year friendship, you know, cultivating a spy basically out of Ivanka Trump. They also planted an actual spy as a nanny in the Krishna and Trump household during the White House term. We spoke about the various financial inducements that Ivanka Trump got from China. And in the last episode, we spoke about uh, Rupert Murdoch and Jared Kushner and their elaborate relationship and mentorship. I, I, I don't want to derail this, but you just yeah. made me think they had a Chinese nanny in the house. Does Jared, Jared Kushner had Yankee white clearance to sit in the, the situation room with the president and all that. Does he have a security officer where he reports these conversations? With his nanny? Any foreign national. <laughs> I think conversations over a half a minute. You have to like log. You got to tell your security officer about it. How'd that go? I'm sure so many discussed national policy with the maid, but I'm sure the maid was listening to a lot of things that might have been discussed in the household. At the end of this episode, last time we were on with the Dragon's Tale, it was hard to avoid the fact that Rupert Murdoch looks like himself was, was working on behalf of the Chinese government and that there was a lot of money, millions and millions of dollars being passed to, to Jared and Ivanka over the years in order to make them compliant with the Chinese. And of course, they love the dollars. They love, they love the lifestyle. And, you know, there's a lot of questions now about the trade deal, about the, the way in which Jared Kushner seemed to get Xi and his wife to come for a visit to, the, to Mar-a-Lago. People are really questioning who he was working for. He was sure was a puppet of Mohammed bin Salman, but he was also very likely following the orders or requests or at least being agreeable to the Chinese position during his term. And that explains why this very virulent anti-Chinese campaign suddenly turned very compliant towards China during the White House term. So that, those are two really interesting fact points that I've not seen anyone else pick up on, which is kind of easy. But if anyone wants to, you can watch the episodes before as we've had them. But tonight's episode, I really do hope people start picking up on because it revolves around who is behind that Christian nationalist movement that gave us that, that weird salute that we talked about last time where people had their hands up at a Trump rally while he was speaking, singing, I don't know what he was doing, rapping the, his positions with a backing track that sounded very similar to a very famous QAnon song. Does QAnon have its own bands? I'm literally, I haven't heard this part. They have this, they have their own bands. They have their own songs. I haven't heard the song, but I've heard him intone his, uh, his speech to the audience there. And I don't want to play it again because it is annoying. Just it's there. They deny that it was the QAnon song, but of course it was the QAnon song. Let me play you a clip from uh, one of the pastors who was recently at a big rally for the Pennsylvania governor. And this is one of those interesting right-wing evangelical pastors who's making a lot of money of people. And as he's doing that, he's also infusing himself into politics in the United States. So this is him describing why he is appearing at this Pennsylvania gubernatorial rally. Donald Trump Jr., Doug Mastriano, me, at this Friday rally right there in Chambersburg, Pennsylvania. I believe the Spirit of God is going to show up in a unique way. They're attacking everyone who is a Christian in politics as a Christian nationalist. All the Christians are pearl-clutching and hand-wringing about Christian nationalism. All the nervous or religious types are all warning me, Lance, don't use the term Christian nationalist. This makes me so mad. I feel like coming out as a Christian nationalist because of all, because the devil controls, like the rainbow. You, The rainbow used to be in the Bible, a sign from God of his covenant that would never destroy. Then the LG LGBTQ movement got a hold of it. And now if you put a rainbow on something, are you LGBTQ? It's like the devil grabs stuff and brands it. It makes me so mad. I'm not willing to let Christianity and the nation or nationalism or love of nation be destroyed by the left. 
was an ubiquitous force, like a, like they're like a, like a virus. There is a guy who's basically appearing at this big event with a gubernatorial candidate that, by all accounts, he's a Nazi. He's really allied with with all the worst kinds of people. He supports Gab amongst other things. He's just a very he's a piece of work. He's one of these people who. MAGA has put up there to essentially try and to take away the votes next time people vote in Pennsylvania. So he has these rally. Donald Trump Jr. is going there. What's going on? Why are we suddenly seeing this infusion of Christian nationalism inside our politics, our body politic? There's something very unique going on. And when you really look at who's behind all of this, um, you land up with them in a very unique place. You land up with, for starters, Michael Flynn. General Michael Flynn is a fascinating character on his own. His history, he's a former intelligence officer for the United States. He was the Obama-appointed Flynn as director of national intelligence. He was unceremoniously removed from his job by Obama because he was up to a lot of no good when he was doing that job. And since then, after he left office as the director of national intelligence, he's been doing all sorts of crazy things. He was attending a gala by Bijan Kian. Bijan Kian is, I think, a dual Turkish-Iranian citizen that, yeah, that Flynn was in cahoots with. They paid Flynn Intel Group and they were going to discuss the kidnapping of Fethullah Gulen, yes, the religious leader in, in Turkey. Sorry, in Pennsylvania. So this is the kind of stuff that Michael Flynn was getting up to. And then he set up an Intel Group with this guy, this uh, Kian guy. And then he became a key figure in the Trump campaign and he became the national security advisor. Was also on the payroll of NSO Group. Pegasus yeah. software, Israeli spyware. And then he was fired. Two weeks in, or two weeks into the Trump administration, Trump fires Michael Flynn. So what does Michael Flynn do from that? He goes and he starts pushing this whole theory or this title of the digital army. And so you've heard them talk about the digital soldiers, about this whole notion that people are going to be out on the internet basically waging war against the digital army or the digital soldiers that he had created. Now, this does not mean that he invented QAnon. But the first QAnon thing that came out involving Q, the first Q drop, was in November of 2017. 2017. So it's an interesting timing that he has time to leave the White House and then can go and do all sorts of interesting things like license companies, which I'll explain in a bit, and start this digital soldiers movement. And if I can throw in just a couple of dates in there to come, to remind people of how important that time frame was. Remember, James Comey got fired in May of 2017. Then you have the the Mueller investigation kicks off. They immediately have a pretty big office with two skiffs in it, and all these prosecutors descend. And it's like, whoops. And then the Senate Intelligence Committee starts having meetings in September of 2017, and of course, Paul Manafort and Rick Gates get charged in October 30th or so of 2017, and then there's a Q drop. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I want people to remember is Flynn was very aware of the Pentagon's ability in psychological operations, including strategic communications that they deployed against warlords in Afghanistan, different leaders of religious or terrorist movements in Iraq or Afghanistan. So there is a science behind this, and we can do some of those things too. But his position, he was aware of all of that. And I think he borrowed some of that knowledge that was given to him by our taxpayers. And he took our position of trust and 
fired that weapon right back at the American people. In fact, that's exactly what he did. He had technology and spy, spy, spy war technology and spyware abilities, and mechanisms, whatever methodology you use. He learned that as he, in his job as the Department of National Intelligence guy, but then he also brought that back to the United States and started to deploy it against Americans. Was that the basis of QAnon? We don't know. Was it the basis of digital soldiers? Maybe. Was it the basis of the way he recruited some people along the way? 100%, I can confirm that that's in fact what he did. Or maybe 99%, I can say that he did. Use that methodology to acquire people to help him along with the MAGA movement as he was building the sideline, things like the big lie for Donald Trump. The note here is really interesting from the actual article from The Intercept, which a lot of people have different thoughts about The Intercept. I think this is a pretty legitimate piece that's saying as far back as the fall of 2017, they're looking at the possibility of deploying a viral online information operation that would tap into the minds of millions of social media users. And they appear to do that because right in this slide, you can see how the digital soldiers mapping, this is the Twitter mm -hmm. accounts and how they interact with each other, all the bolder red lines you can see are the most prominent connections between different accounts. And it's clear that QAnon and digital soldiers certainly mirror each other a lot in this analysis here. And that to me is very telling that they had something to do with each other. Now, in QAnon world, they think, a lot of people think that Michael Flynn is Q, but there's no evidence that he's Q. That, but there are suggestions that they're similar people because Q supposedly has top secret clearance and, and is a government official, a deep state official who seems to be unhappy with uh, the way things are going. Yeah, it's just interesting to note. And you see how they've taken the reality of the situation and flipped it exactly 180 degrees around where you've got the, pretty much the only institutions that can fight back against foreign intelligence, hostile intelligence services are the actual deep state, our intelligence services. You're talking about something that's very complex. And one of the things that foreign intelligence services are trained to do is that if somebody comes along with some actual expertise, you label them the cranks and they put the gif up of it's always sunny in Philadelphia where there's a guy, he's got red yarn and tacks and mm. he's gesticulating wildly because there's a lot of, so it's, ah, that's just what this is. And meanwhile, then they supplant their own false story false experts and well. see this is that they're lying to you this is the, it is complex but this is the thing and it's like the you tell this very complicated story before the real story can come out yeah and it's warfare this is real warfare you hit the other guy first before they hit you and if you look at what he then did what flynn and his cohorts here did and it's interesting to note by the way that sydney powell is one of these key people who registered all these digital soldier companies, and you see a lot of members of the Flynn family. These were used for various purposes. They were used to raise money, particularly for his defense fund, but also they were trying to profit off the digital soldiers uh, moniker, which would also be profiting off Q, really. These companies exist. These companies are all questionable, but it's also really interesting that there's Sydney's name there. Sydney Powell is, of course, the big lie, which means you can see continuity right from the QAnon world to or the digital soldiers world to January the 6th and then beyond. Now, there was also this odd tape of Michael Flynn and his family doing what some people call the QAnon pledge. Where we go, one, we all go to prison, something yes, like thank that. You, like that, yeah. It's interesting that they did a tape of that, with the whole family standing up there. They landed up suing companies for saying that they were part of QAnon for that, because there's some sort of, it wasn't a pledge per se. It sounds a lot like the oath that the QAnon uses in that song too, that we showed you earlier on. There's another person that's quite tied to Michael Flynn, and he's also connected to all of this. And that is a woman by the name of Tracy Beans. That's not her real name, 
But uh, Tracy is a provocateur on social media. She's a provocateur on YouTube. She really spouts a lot of the QAnon material very close to Flynn. And there's a lot of history that they share together. It's interesting that he's appeared on her show a lot. It's also interesting that her show appears on NTD and it also appears on now what is called Epoch Times TV. There we go. You see the dragon's tail? You see the dragon's tail? I think I'm starting to see the tail. Yeah, the dragon's tail is certainly here. So there is Tracy Beans' appearances on social media there promoting all these Q things. And it's quite dramatic. So from there, let's take it to, where should we go next? This board. This is Michael Flynn's mind as it relates. I'll actually put this on the screen. (laughs) That seems about right. (laughs) So this is Michael Flynn and my pillow guy have created this giant chart. And we've been trying to understand what it was all the way through our investigations into Trump Russia. Like what is really behind all of this. And what you're seeing is all the provocateurs, all the characters, all the priests, all the evangelists, all the, you name it, that have been involved in building up this MAGA world and building up this whole notion of Christian nationalism. They're all here. And you can see that it's all Christian. They talk about Jesus is king at the top. And then on the left side there, it says mission over ego. But then it gives you this whole prayer from the God of our Lord, Jesus Christ, the father of glory. They give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. It's pretty Jesus-y. And then you see all these red crosses. These are actually all evangelical ministries that somehow are connected to Donald Trump. These are the same kind of people we showed you right at the top of this half hour. We were explaining these pastors who are out there saying things like they were in that clip there about Christian nationalism and about the left and all of that. So you can see that there have been highly politicized evangelical churches. It's interesting, though, that all the QAnon stuff is we're going to save the children. And now we're getting an elsewhere to the number of religious organizations that are nominally have a cross nailed up somewhere, but really they're just in it to traffic children as slaves or worse. And they get to launder money. And we get folks like this who say by overthrowing the U.S. government, we're going to protect these children by keeping us in influence here. Yeah, that's it's all very twisted. Huh. It's very brilliant. It is brilliant in terms of the way it's structured, but it's it, when you're now seeing all the mechanics that went into it and the number of people that went into it, and let's face it, the dollars that went into buying all these people, it leaves you just shaking your head as to how much money was spent on this and who that money came from. And tax-free and yes. not audited very much. Yes. So that'd be a great place if you were going to... Then you get some international missions here yeah. and there. And micro yeah. donations that can come from anywhere, really, on the globe. And you name it, these guys can get funded all that money. You get a whole industry. I want to play this compilation that Jim Stewartson, who was a friend of the show a while back, shared with me. This was a contrast between Elizabeth Clare Prophet, who was a cult leader way back when in, in U.S. history, contrasting this with Mike Flynn at, as he was addressing the various people on his tour of North America. And clearly, and this has been proven as fact, they were reading the same material. She was a leader of a cult. He supposedly is just addressing a political audience in a church, and he's using the exact same language. Mighty hmm. I am presence. I am here, O oh God, and I am the instrument of those sevenfold rays and archangels. We are your instrument of those sevenfold rays and all your archangels. All of them. And I will not retreat. I will take my stand. I will not fear to speak. And I will be the instrument of God's will, whatever it is. We will not retreat. We will not retreat. 
We will stand our ground. We will not fear to speak. We will be the instrument of your will. Whatever it is. Here I am. Whatever it is. In the name of our Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of chilling listening to this, and it's, we will just follow you regardless of where you're going. You'll make up whatever rules you want for us, and we will be there for you. Where and we go one, we go all. Because yes, exactly. where are we going? We're going to the Capitol, which is an enormously stupid idea. But yeah, and we'll go what they're planning next. The Civil War, is that what's next? In fact, that is maybe what they're planning next. And one of the things that worries me most about this movement is you do have these people who have lost their logical brains. They're no longer operating in that way. They're being led, thinking they're following some sort of divine spirit, some so, sort of godly figure. And what it's resulting in is these people might go to great lengths to protect Trump just because they're in a sort of trance, in a meditative trance, in a, some sort yeah. of hallucination that they've been lulled into by Flynn and company. These are authoritarian cults that are taking on the guise of religion. Jesus was not big on super rich people or and uh, didn't like people that were really judgmental of others and, and whatnot bunch of great Christian stuff. That's not what they're focused on. They're, this is on follow me, listen to me, and we're going to do this really intense stuff. The people that are really experts in the brainwashing are, are military intelligence services. This may seem like a, an odd trivia fact, but I don't think it is in this case. There was the Jim Jones cult that all committed suicide with the Kool-Aid, right? And he made them drink Kool-Aid multiple times going, hey, you never know when it's going to be real. And then it was, it was real, right? Yeah. Did you know he transferred his remaining money to the Soviets just prior to committing suicide? It would not surprise me one bit. These things are often, all these cults are often foreign intelligence operations. And so is Donald Trump, in my opinion, and I'm sure yours. So, you know, and they've been doing this for decades. America is a very powerful nation. China is going to have, we're taking like semiconductor production. We're taking it away from the Chinese supply chain. It's going to cost them enormous hardship. Same with Russia. America is still the most powerful nation that has ever been. And fight, fighting us directly, militarily, doesn't work out and isn't going to work out, especially if we're unified. So the only way that you can really take on America is you got to hollow it out from within. And that's why funding these movements, if I were China or Russia, I that's what I would want to fund. That's the strategic play is to get 100%. us to break ourselves. Don't forget that Putin and Flynn had a dinner. Putin and Flynn had direct contact with each other. And we know Czech was passed around because of that dinner. And so now we're landing up with people like Rick Joyner, who's another of these evangelical figures. Let's listen to what he has to say. And this is where we start taking the turn from just Christian, just political to military. We're in time for war. We need to recognize that. We need to mobilize. We need to get ready. I'm talking to law enforcement talking to people. One of the things I saw in a dream I had related to our civil war was that militias would pop up like mushrooms. And it was God. These were good militias. What I also saw in my dream was the Lord had seeded our country with veterans from the Iraq war, Afghanistan, all these wars we've been in recently. Many who know how to fight in urban 
warfare are going to be a part of the leadership of these militias and help us in what's about to unfold in our own country. And these are going to be patriots. These are going to be those who are going to, they know what the tyranny of Marxism is and they've seen its evidence and the cruelty of some other ideologies and all that is out there. And no, but they are going to be able to help give leadership to these militias that are popping up. And this was a God thing. He prepared us for this. Lots. Yeah, that dude's a traitor. <laughs> God is not in his dreams. He might be thinking God is in his dreams, but God is not in his dreams. And she's beginning to fan the flames of a civil war inside evangelical churches. Basically, he's speaking to his loyal followers and saying it's time to start a civil war in America. These are churches. In the same places that uh, you just saw Michael Flynn intoning in whatever it was address that he was giving, here is a pastor talking about the need for civil war. And he's also talking about this veterans from the Afghanistan oh, yeah. and Iraq war. And who are those veterans? Michael Flynn is one of those veterans from the Afghanistan war. And he also has an entire, some would say militia called the First Amendment Praetorians, who many believe was part of assembling this is a standalone organization of former Afghan and Iraqi vets who, you know, who by all accounts were his top security people at most events leading up to January the 6th. These are all made up of veterans from those two wars. Yeah. And so we have foreign countries that attack us and then we end up in, in Central Asia for 20 years creating injuries and traumatic TBI, traumatic brain injuries and PTSD for all these veterans who make it back. And then, you know, our economy is getting attacked and hollowed out and we're with the rural areas are flooded with drugs and then you've got these these increasingly radical pseudo churches that are really just pushing authoritarianism and then when it's time for this this uprising it's couched in this religious authoritarian inevitable divine mm -hmm. terms and we've covered on this show that it was one of Stone's, it was a phone call with one of Stone's people talking about how those militias were going to come out. And if you didn't do what you were told, mm. you're going to get shot. Yeah. If you didn't obey their curfew, that's what they were going to do. And they were going to shake down the walls of Jericho, another biblical reference. Those are the, and, uh, the metaphors they're reaching for when describing what they want to see happen. This guy, uh, Robert yeah. Patrick Lewis, is the head of this First Amendment Praetorians. This is his quote, I were drawing our line in the sand. This is a fearsome guy. I would not want to run into him in anywhere. Do you really want to take back and keep the Republic truly? Because the answer is rather simple. But it will require Sunday school. Turn the other cheek American Christians and patriots to turn into... Old Testament, full wrath of God, destruction of their house, and salt the earth beneath them, Christians. And it won't even take that many of us, just the ones who understand and have the temerity, who do what needs to be done. The Old Testament is pretty rough, of course. The main actors in the Old Testament is Jehovah, right? And who does a lot of the massacring, the killing, the flooding, and whatnot. But that is, uh, that is quite proud to think that you have the wisdom of the divine and that you're going to hand out violence and murder, the full wrath of God, so mass murder, destruction of their house, and salt the earth beneath them so nothing grows there. And the problem is it's all part of a cult. So you know, talking rationally to them is going to tell them otherwise. There's just this is the core belief that they this is what's happening. And so you've got a large amount of the American population, some say as many as 40%, that are still a bit in the grips of this thing. 
not even a bit, a lot in the grips of this thing. And that explains why there's even a, a heartbeat in the Republican Party because of these kinds of cultish statements. And then also this, this kind of, these veterans are heroes wherever they come from. These are, these are the absolute best of America that have been turned because of some psyop or some weird thing against America. And it's sad to see that happen. One of the people, by the way, who's involved in, uh, in this group is uh, Philip Lulsdorf, who we identified as being there on January the 6th with Rudy Giuliani in one of his war room meetings or whatever they called it. He's a former Russian or he comes from Russian heritage. So you're seeing all these convergence of Marines, some Russian money, some Russian influence, and then all this Russian know-how on psyops and what have you. And it's worth remembering that, of course, a member of the Flynn family is still in in charge, if I'm not mistaken, of the Pacific. PACCOM, uh, I think, yeah. is in the Pacific somewhere. Yeah, so that's interesting, too. And there's so many easy theological issues here. The Romans murdered Christ. <laughs> he was killed by the Roman Empire. Good point. So this <laughs> whole thing is, you guys got to pick a lane, kids. Pick a lane. They just pick what they like, what fits in at any given day. But it's clear to me that from this, at least, we can say that Flynn's circle of people, whether it's Robert Patrick Lewis, who was his security for so much of the events and his First Amendment Praetorians, or Tracy Beans, who was the, the YouTube commentator, or just the whole basis of the Q movement, which is not saying came from Michael Flynn, but it looks like he was benefiting off the digital soldiers that was running parallel to the QAnon movement. I think the indicators are there from everything we've described today that Michael Flynn has something to do with this growing Christian nationalism that we're seeing in America today. And Michael Flynn is also allied to Jenny Thomas, who's in the news today because she's finally going to appear in front of the Jan 6 committee. They were both part of the Council for National Policy, and they were involved in a particular group of the Council of National Policy, which is the CNP Action Committee, which is probably their most active. Jenny Thomas and Michael Flynn, General Michael Flynn, were part of the same little group. Yeah, exactly. At CNP Action. I don't think people really necessarily know that. Well, they know it now. If they didn't know it before, it certainly is one of the most interesting things that I found in that both of them are listed in the directory of CNP Action as part of the leadership there. And this is all the way leading up to January the 6th. I'm sure they're not there now. Maybe they, maybe they are. So you've got St. Louis's Ed Martin there, the mm -hmm. Judicial Crisis Network. Yeah. Eagle Forum, that's the Schlafly people, right? Yeah, exactly. That's also St. Louis. Then you got CNP Action. You had the wife of a sitting Supreme Court justice working with a foreign agent, a guy who was on the payroll of the Turks, the Likudnik, yeah. the Russians. Yeah. And they were working together. And then you got the Federalist Society. Yes, that's a good segue you just did there. Because guess what's next is the Federalist Society. Before we go, more note on this thing called the Seven Mountains, uh, this is a thing that's been floating around our world for a little bit of time now. It's been seeded into everyone's world. Some guy called me up once and said, I wanted to tell you about the seven mountains. This is how you understand what's going on in Christian nationalism. I said, I've never even heard of anything like this. But apparently it's a thing that existed for a long time. It involves a takeover of society by conquering each of these seven mountains. This is something, again, that a woman says was told to her in a dream by God, and take that for what it's worth. But the seven mountains essentially are the taking over of business, of government, of the church, the schools, the home, the media, arts, entertainment, and sports, commerce, science, and technology. And by splitting Christ in each of those, you'll be able to take over the whole of society. So that, that's interesting. It's interesting because when you talk about Leonard Leo, and when you talk about the influence of the Federalist Society, that's his whole basis. The whole reason that Leonard Leo exists and the Federalist Society exists 
was to get people like like Kavanaugh and Justice Coney Barrett and Gorsuch. Who's the guy in the jaunty cap next to Leonard Leo? Oh, there? that's a guy by the name of Barry or Barry. I don't know if you say it's Cy. He's a guy who's worth a lot of money. He's a huge billionaire who decided recently, as he recently as 2021, to give away his entire company, which was worth. 1.6 billion. That's a lot of money. Makes a lot That's of money. Light. Yeah, the company's called Triplight. Triplight made all sorts of electrical things in China, and then he mm -hmm. sold them here. And for some reason, he decided, not for some reason, for apparently tax reasons, he decided to bequeath his entire company to a foundation that Leonard Leo, the same guy who ran the, the Federalist Society, the same guy who gave us all these right-wing Supreme Court justices, he was given... $1.6 billion in the form of this company as a fund, basically, to use for whatever he deemed necessary in the coming Christian nationalist movement. I didn't say Christian nationalist movement, but it wasn't specific to justices either. It was things that are important to politics, things that are important to the right wing, conservative things. Previously, we've seen these kind of donations go to Leonard Leo specifically for justice or specifically for certain issues. This was a, a blank check. Here's that $1.6 billion, Leonard. You go and spend it where you want and make sure that the insurgency, the right-wing religious Christian nationalist movement takes hold. That's a lot of money for, for anyone, but it's a lot of money for a political movement. This is something that also that Joe Biden mentioned this week when he said that he really wanted the Disclosure Act or the Disclose Act to pass. Conservative activist who spent, as was his right, decades working to put enough conservative justice on the Supreme Court to overturn Roe v. Wade, now has access to $1.6 billion in dark money to do more damage, and from our perspective, and restrict more freedoms. Uh, as far as we know, that's one of the biggest dark money transfers in our history. And here's the deal. <clears throat> the public only found out about this $1.6 billion transfer because someone tipped off some of your reporters. Otherwise, we still wouldn't know about it. But now we know, and there's something we can do about it. This week, the Senate's going to vote on the Disclosure Act. I don't think this act is going to pass because the Senate Republicans are not going to pass it, which is telling in itself. And this is just an act where people have to disclose where dark money's coming from. It makes total sense. You're going to give someone political movement billions of dollars. You have to say where it's coming from. But doesn't this make the whole thing with Triplight seem really suspicious? Like, this Jewish guy is giving $1.6 billion to Christian nationalism? You've got a Chicago billionaire who backs a whole lot more people than people realize, who has plenty of Israeli ties, but his manufacturing concern is partnered up with the Chinese Communist Party, and he's funding the Christians to take everything over. And that's $1.6 billion. Yeah. That's, and that was just that was the most recent. That was just like he just cashed everything out and just gave it all to Leonard Leo. Yeah. Huh. In the past, he had been supportive of other causes like the anti-Muslim causes or those kinds of causes. It kind of made sense with his own history and his own identity. But he certainly has never identified as a Christian and he certainly is not identified as a Christian nationalist. So to see him suddenly throwing all this money into the Christian nationalist movement seems a little bit weird, actually. Christian nationalism, neither Christian nor nationalist. Yep. Because if you're nationalist, why are you taking all this money from the Chinese? Why are you taking money from the Russians through the NRA? That's globalism. That's a whole network of global dictators. Yep. And uh, as far as Christianity is concerned, did, Jesus didn't lead a lot of uprisings to you know, like murder governments. So I, Christian yeah. nationalism, neither Christian nor nationalist. Discuss. And 
let me just say it, very Chinese, because Barry uh, Side is not the only American business leader with a lot of uh, Chinese interests that has been backing things like the big lie and the January the 6th coup and now Christian nationalism. In fact, the top five people who backed the big lie in terms of funding all the Congress people who supported the big lie, every single one of these guys, Miriam and Sheldon Adelson, tied to China. Cacao Casinos. He's hedge fund CEO Ken Griffin, tied to China. The Mellon Steel Fortune, Timothy Mellon, tied to China. Blackstone, tied to China. Uline, tied to China. You've got a endless amount of money coming from these people, it seems. And you wonder why they are the top five. Why are these guys the top five to support the big lie? And why is this man, Barry Side, the top guy to support Christian nationalism? It just, it begs the question. Okay, so the top, at the top there, you have Miriam and Sheldon Allison, who are Jewish and are some of the biggest funders of Israeli politics. Yeah. And they're funding these violent weirdo Christians. Mm who are going to take over America and make it run by something Jesus. And so is Steve Schwartzman. Yeah. He doesn't strike me as a Gentile. Isn't that, and, and, and getting, you know, people get their money from China. All these guys, Macau is as corrupt place as anything. It's where a lot of corruptness goes down. And that's where Miriam Sheldon Adelson made their money. All these guys, I did the research on this. I don't know the details here, but if you look them up, each, look, just Google each of these companies in China and you'll see a lot of detail around their involvement in Chinese industry and other factors of life there. Blackstone just bought Crown Casino in Australia, which is the dark money pipe into Australian politics. And who is running some media over there? Our friend, what's the guy's name? The, Rupert, Rupert Murdoch. Also influenced by the Chinese, for sure. You begin to see a pattern here that's fairly interesting. That, so I called it the dragon's tail. You can't always see it, but if you dig deep enough, you'll find them. They're certainly here in this story about the Christian nationalism. And that's the biggest irony about the MAGA movement. Our whole campaign is to stop Marxism, to stop America becoming like the Communist Party of China. And in fact, they are being surprised. They're the ones who are doing it. It's irony, but it's not ironic. It's just a bad joke that they're being played on them. And it's it's sad. And this kind of information needs to be spread far and wide. This is not the kind of thing that just a narrative broadcast is going to help. But I sure hope other people start picking up on exactly who's funding this Christian nationalist movement. And all these players that don't look very Chinese to me, but they may be getting a lot of funding out of China, which is, is certainly possible. I should add, uh, do I have time for, I know we're over, but I'm gonna just do one last thing. I just have to do one last thing here. Michael Flynn, Steve Bannon, both are interesting foreign agents. Steve Bannon, very directly linked to the Chinese. Michael Flynn, not so directly yet linked to the Chinese, except guess what they but are. starting to peak. Look at this hmm. little fun chart, because both, Michael Flynn and these other characters like the Pillow Guy and Navarro and Giuliani. Like the Pillow Guy. <laughs> they're part of the new federal state of China, which is an organization which is calling for the end of the communist Chinese party. Um, oh. And uh, these guys are you know, fully in favor of that. Not only are they fully in favor of that, the guy who runs that whole new federal state of China was uh, Guo Wengi, the Chinese spy who's bankrupt or claims to be bankrupt right now. And to make matters even more interesting, that whole foundation is funded by the Rule of Law Foundation, which is funded by this, is run by this Li Mengyan, who's a Chinese national, and Kyle Bass, who's got his own interesting history. So that's how they get the funding into the new federal state of China through a, a nonprofit organization, the Rule of Law Foundation, that's 501c3. 
And of course, we know that Guao and Steve Bannon are basically best buddies because that's we just know that he's part of the war room effort that Steve Bannon puts up. The war room indicating mm-hmm. civil war, not just uh, not just a war room in the in the oh, metaphorical yeah. sense. And so, if that doesn't uh, close some circles for you around whether China is involved in Christian nationalism in America, then I don't know <laughs> what does. So that's the best case I can put forward to you as to why the Dragon's Tail is most certainly in in the Christian nationalist movement. And I, I love that because the the slap at us back in the day was Russia. There was some there were, there were Russians up in there. There were Butinas all around. Yeah, but. Yeah. Uh, but Russia had played the heavy and Russia had been a very, had not been closed off to the West or the rest of the world like China was during Mao. Russia was an active antagonist and China remained very isolated such that when we weren't as interested in engaging fully and integrating our economies and Russia, of course, Russia was a mess after uh, the fall of, of its own regime. Whereas in the 90s, we engaged heavily with China and a lot of people made a lot of money and helped the Chinese Communist Party. Party, the tech sector in the United States, man, we, and we're going to get to this, I hope on a future episode where I'd love to share with the audience, my 15 plus years of research into American companies that help the Chinese communists build a surveillance system to repress democracy yeah. that we, our know-how went to that. Yeah. And there's a lot of people who made a lot of money on it. And time to own up, everybody. It's hard to realize that this is really who is behind all of this because it is so important that we know exactly who we're facing and why we're facing them. It's They've used proxy nations. And I spoke about this at the top of the show. They've used Saudi Arabia. They've used Russia. They've used UAE. Israel, the UAE. They've used China, uh, Egypt. They've used them all to attack America. And there's no excuse for those countries having done that. But at the end of the day, the country that benefits the most out of all of this and the country that would have had the most incentive to be spending this much money on destabilizing America, is there really is only one answer to that, and that is China. And that's why we're doing the series The Dragon's Tale, and that's why we're the only ones doing it right now, as far as I can tell. But I do hope other people start to pay attention to China. I know they own a lot of the media companies. I know they have a lot of very influential people in all these places. If you're really going to do your job as journalists, you really have to take another look at China and their influence on on what's happened in America since 2016 and still going on today. Their investment in spying in the United States has, I think, tripled. We're seeing a huge increase both on the Russian side and the Chinese side to increase the psyops, to increase their media infiltration of America. This is not coming to an end soon unless we tackle all those things. And the situation is kind of dire. We still are in a pretty big emergency in terms of democracy. It might seem like things have calmed down because of President Biden's amazing leadership, but it's not, we're not out of the woods yet. Not at all. We have, this is, this is a game of inches. This is, we need, I I find looking at policies in Missouri where I live or everything. So you've just got, you got to wake up and we, you got to win the next election. You've got to get the bills introduced. You got to expose the dark money. And we are, we are one bad election away from a lot of trouble here, but we've got, we're having discussions that have been overdue. And to my, to my recollection, weren't even being had in the intelligence community the way that they should have been. Mm. No, at least not in the open source, but there was a lot of work trying to engage with China. And strategically, that was a noble goal. I think their version of partnership and ours are very different. Yeah. Time to change tack. You see the closeness of Russia and China, and then you see their alignment with GOP policy in terms of Ukraine and other things. It's clear to see what's going on. And if you are Mm -hmm. considering voting for the Republican Party, these are the MAGA representatives in the Republican Party this election, you're voting for China. 
you're voting for China and you're voting for Russia. That's who you're voting for. And so that connection needs to be spoken about loudly and clearly. And in terms of these kind of conversations, they are rare. And we are amongst the first to have these conversations because we have stumbled into understanding what open source intelligence analysis, I mean, something you've been doing all your life, can do in terms of adding it to news coverage. We took those analytical skills and we were able to apply them to news coverage. And that's why we've always been so far ahead of the news or the mainstream news coverage. There's so much more as we look back on this attack on democracy and behind all these countries and all these actions, there's always China. This is episode three, but there's plenty more to come uh, on narrative. And we appreciate your viewing here tonight. Eric, uh, thanks for being here again and great job. And if you're watching from home, don't forget to hit the YouTube button, smash the YouTube subscribe button, because it is important that you're a subscriber of Narrative's YouTube channel. We want to make sure that you don't miss a single episode. And if you'd like to contribute to producing our content, if you'd like to be part of our Patreon program, please go to patreon.com forward slash narrative. That's patreon.com forward slash narrative where you can sign up for a nominal monthly fee, but you get to help us produce this very different content that you're not getting anywhere else. And on that note, we wish you a very good night. We'll see you again on Tuesday night. Good night, Eric. Every minute of narratives reporting, every story that we break is made possible by our patrons. You too can become a patron by joining at patreon.com forward slash narrative. Narrative, where truth lives. One day, you'll tell the story of autocrats, crooks, and kings who came for our freedom. A story of citizens who stood up to tyranny and won. The people prevailed and renewed an old vow to a more perfect union. And that was just the beginning. The story continues. Narrative. Where truth lives.